You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. Business. Welcome to episode 14 of Music on Your Own Terms. Now this episode is a joint conversation between myself and Dave and Ryan from the Waking Up From Work podcast. As you'll hear, I met Dave on Instagram after I posted about episode 12 with Steve from Mindset X. Dave and I got chatting, I checked out his podcast and found that we have a ton of similar ideas, a ton in common, and we thought it would be a great idea to have at least one, if not more, joint episodes talking about various subjects. Highly recommend you go check out Waking Up For Work podcast with Dave and Ryan. You can find Dave at Dave Wake Up on Instagram. As always, you can find me on facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. Or on Instagram, at MetalDoggy, M-E-T-A-L-D-O-G-G-I-E. Find the show notes for this and every other episode at musiconyourownterms.com. And please subscribe to the mailing list so you can keep up to date. It would really mean a lot if you could leave a review on iTunes. That way the show can start to reach more people. And that way I can hopefully help out more people. And definitely give me any feedback. If there's anything you want me to do less of, more of, any suggestions you have for the show, I'm all about making everything better and hopefully building a community of musicians and people from other areas of the art community. So without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome, man. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me and and welcome to my podcast since this is joint. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're guests at the so, same time. Yeah. yeah. So we're back in the swing of things here. I'll do a, like a little intro on mine to tell people where I've been at. But Simon, this is our our time back because I've been moving all over the place. I've been all around everywhere, basically, with, with stuff going down in my life. So I feel like that I doesn't do justice. I finally just got back on the horse right now. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back in with episode 19 on mine. Welcome to the Waking Up From Work podcast. Welcome to music on your own terms yes absolutely right it's good to have you man so for Definitely. listeners of mine that don't know simon simon originally born in the uk correct moved to new england yep and has been gigging and, and working and doing his thing here for quite some time and then recently moved to houston uh, t- uh just e- uh west of dallas fort worth not okay, quite right houston. on man yep, so Yep, exactly. And we, so, uh, we decided to get get uh, away from the cold weather and not have to shovel snow anymore. I get it. <laughs> I definitely move. get it. And you got really good barbecue, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Smoke, smoke meats bad, the shit. Bad seafood, mm-hmm. though? <laughs> um, yeah. No, well, we don't have the same style. We have more Cajun stuff down here. 
Right on, man. So for for listeners of mine, so Simon and I actually met through Instagram, which is interesting. And uh, I think you just posted some type of post for like hashtag NH music or something, which I always check out. And um, I just commented on your post and we were, we were chatting mm-hmm. and then we, I don't even know how we, st- we were direct messaging after that somehow. And then I found out that you had a podcast and I was like, the, what, what, what is podcast is about? You'll definitely have to check it out. I mean, um, music on your own terms, it's, it's like having an entrepreneurial mindset for musicians in a way to both help with depression, anxiety, or the constraints and stressors that musicians and creatives deal with, as well as just like, you know, me and you, like we, we talk shop, we did a phone call just because I, I we, we have so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Simon. Yeah, it was absolutely. crazy. We we're just like ripping it off. Dude. I was like, we have to do it. But we were also talking about just like the business aspect of like, you're like, Hey, in a band, there's so many things that could help a band from these mindsets, these habits, these goals Absolutely. that I also want to help out artists in that way too, because I've learned things that have helped me in other aspects. I want to share that with that community. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> I couldn't have, kind of the couldn't gist? have said it better myself. Awesome, man. So. Do you want to run my audience at least through a little bit of background of make it more digestible like sure. what what did that condensing um, condensation yeah i mean i mean like? you basically hit the nail on the head but i mean it was a case of i was in a band um and i just saw a lot of old you know people my generation complaining about the music industry streaming um and how you can't make money and it's it's too difficult now with everything changing um but co Concurrently, I, I've been learning a lot about entrepreneurship, uh, mindset, self-improvement. Um, you know, you can go to my episode 10 to, to find out about my uh, high school buddy, Alan, who was instrumental in giving me the, the push to kind of look at all this stuff, you know, from... That was a good episode, Yeah, man. Tony Robbins to everyone else. You know, you start at Tony Robbins and it just, like snowballs from there and you can take your own direction but um i just saw the opportunity of finding all this information about entrepreneurship and thinking well you can apply that to um you know being a musician and it's you know instead of saying you can't do this say well how can i do this um and that that was that was basically the reason i started the podcast i thought about doing a podcast previously to push bands that i really liked but i couldn't really figure out a format this really made a lot of sense to me um and the depression Mm -hmm. anxiety part of it is just an extension of the mindset idea you know i've suffered from anxiety depression for a long time since my teens you know and it's it's been only the past if that 10 years figuring out oh how this is something i have rather than I'm just lazy or I'm just having a bad Mm -hmm. day and like coming up with these ideas of, of, you know, getting treated, you know, looking to medication and, and I've, it definitely touches my family, you know, in terms of uh, depression, I've had friends that are close to suicide. Um, So it's, it's a really important subject to me to get out there to say, Hey, you're not alone. And you know, there's help out there. And, And some of these mindset ideas may, may be, um, you know, I know you guys are probably Star Wars fans, you know, uh, certain mm. truths we, we cling to are only true from a certain point of view was the quote. And it's absolutely true right. because if you're really depressed, 
you're you're uh, you're mm. looking at the world from a different point of view completely. You're like things are actually not real in in that terms. Mm. So you know, once you start getting over some of your negative mindset, you you really start to uh, look at things in a different light. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's kind of a more long-winded way of saying it, really. But <laughs> no, no, that, no, that, yeah, was a, that, was that was a good breakdown. And actually, so Ryan got his degree in psych. Yeah. He yep. actually spent a good bit of time in. I'm sorry, what type of care it was, but he he spent some time in, in mm. working with multiple multiple different things, and he's got a mm-hmm. definitely he's been engrossed in that. Yeah, uh, I got mm-hmm. my bachelor's degree in psychology right out of school after doing research and whatnot Mm -hmm. i worked in clinical psych inpatient as a mental health specialist basically worked with basically all we can keep it all long and short just all all walks um substance abuse and actual mental health so yeah it's definitely been like a on what you were talking about talking about the mindset and the in the perspective like growing in that aspect Mm. is it is very important especially to the like bringing into the entrepreneurship but also as a self-growth those two things uh, go hand in hand and it definitely sounds like you going through that growth was uh pivotal to getting into the point where you were even in the space to have um a podcast Mm -hmm. or to put yourself in the position where it 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 can morph into something so absolutely uh i mean and i'm I'm gonna have to definitely take a listen to the episode yeah i mean i definitely say i mean just to put this out there i still suffer um it's Mm. it's it's not like a start to finish thing it's an ongoing process i have bad Mm -hmm. days and i think one thing that uh is really important to get out there is the fact that um the struggle to 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 even get a podcast going and and be um you know actually do something with it um mm-hmm. is is difficult in the point where you're really having a a downward spiral and nothing gets done and you're just thinking wow i i'm i'm just useless but then when mm-hmm. you get into the good good mindset and you know when i'm uh you know, I, like i've i'm uh, quite happy to say I've been experimenting with different medications and I found one that I think works. And when I'm on that, you know, I'm really productive. Um, mm. but it's, it's Good. really important to, 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 for me to tell people that, you know, when, when it's, it, if you feel unproductive, it's okay because it's, it's not, you know, it's not something that you're just lazy. It's, it's, you, you really have a mm. problem there. Um, and some people mm. don't, I mean, that's, I, I'm happy that people don't have to deal with that because, you know, I've mm. said in past episodes of my podcast, I have a huge amount of empathy for other people just because I've suffered, you know, through all that. Um, and I wouldn't, wor- I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies, you know? No. So, you, I mean, cheers to you, man. Like you putting it out there in this facet, mm. despite like a good or a bad day and how hard it may or may not be to make it happen. Having that content out there. I'm sure is helping other people by hearing that it's a relatable thing. Yeah, I hope and so. And in the same way, like Ryan and I, just like today, even we're talking about it, where we run a podcast called the Waking Up From Work podcast that is about going after your passion. So it's like, we're on, we're kind of on blast that, that we're being on that. like, like, like obviously <laughs> we're, we're, we've already made the discussion out there to say like, hey, this <laughs> podcast is about going after the passion. So like, we're not where we want to be at. We're not doing you know we're not living that big life or whatever it may 
be right sure but at the same time it's like having that podcast also makes you like stay on yourself on blast to be mm-hmm. like hey like i need to be you know i need to be some type of authority on this yeah. or why do mm-hmm. i have a podcast and it's like even that you know the motive you got to be careful motivators. to not you know like when you're when you're doing things like that you have to be careful to not put yourself too much on it where like we certainly talk about hustle all the time mm-hmm. we talk about like those insane days right but we also i think have been more attentive at least like i have lately about talking about like listen overnight success is a 10-year thing huh? right yeah. like like it is okay if you're feeling tired or stressed out from doing the hustle like you should be hustling but you also should take 10 years to get like an amazing thing to happen huh. like it, it does take time and it takes patience to make things happen as well and it's and it's super important i think in a day of instant gratification to be able to talk to that and say listen like yes you know there are amazing things happen today yes people are doing them but like they worked for it yeah you, mm-hmm. you and you can definitely do it too you definitely but, like, don't see the backstory you know what it. i mean it's about the process mm-hmm. man it's all the process mm-hmm. right so so let me guess let me jump right in with that Simon. Sure. like what are some of the things that you're taking from tony robbins or you're taking from some of these people that really influenced you and you're like what what things do you think really benefit musicians that they might not if they're not in that world what were you like listen this stuff right here you read this book or you feel this what's going to help them right now that you're really advocating for on the on your podcast um so the main core idea that uh that really boosted the uh first nugget of information of the podcast was uh Kevin Kelly's essay on a thousand true fans um and basically what he says is, I mean, this is just basic numbers to give you the idea, but if you can get um, a thousand true fans that really believe in what you do, whether it's, you know, music or if it's an art project or video or whatever, um, and you can get every one of those to give you $100 in a year's time. So, you know, for, for a band, a couple of CDs and a t-shirt or whatever, $100 is really not that much money. You've just made a six-figure sure. income. You know, mm. so that that's the core idea there. It's really not that difficult to, quote unquote, make it if you define what mm. making it is. You know, make, making it. Mm. I don't. I don't think there is such a thing as making it as in your you're an overnight success because, as you said before, you know, a, a, an overnight success takes ten years to, in the making. Um, right. But if you define what your goals are. Whether the, yeah, and like I said, if that's making a living from your music, and you 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 do the the thousand true fans idea, it's really not that big of a um you know a hurdle to get to. You just have to figure out how to do it. Um, that's a good way to break it down. Yeah, that makes it so much more manageable. Mm-hmm. I think that way. And then um you know as far as I mean, there's so much information out there. Um, the one that there is definitely a lot to be said for only concentrating on one thing at a time. Um, I forget whose book it is, but it's called the one thing. And there's, there's so much, um, there's so much you have to do, but if you really look at the one important thing, uh, that, that you need to get done now, get it done and then move on to the next one. Then you, you really don't get the overwhelm that that you end up getting if you've got this massive list of stuff you have to do um it's like that the nice structure that it adds to it yeah and 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 the thing is if you've done that one thing then you can tick it off and you're like wow i've 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 succeeded at that thing 
you know, and, and as those one things add up, you've got this big list of accomplishments. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, wow, I've done all this stuff. And then you, you maybe you are the overnight success that took 10 years, but it's a bunch of stuff in a row. That's predominantly for you. The most important thing to talk about bands is focus, you think, and also making it manageable for what their goals are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess to round it out, the, the third most important thing I think is just building relationships. And that's true of any business mm. or, um, you know, whatever you want to do, it's relationships. Because if, if you're a dick, no one wants to work with you. Um, mm. Yeah. Even if you're, even if you're insanely good at what you do, yeah. people really do like cash that, that, that value on you if if you're not an interactable human right exactly i mean especially in bands where something like bands is like it's so personal it's such a personal thing music is such a like a an interesting medium you know that people really get into and really have a a deep yearning for yeah i mean i've heard i've heard stories from uh like uh that one of my favorite podcasts is uh no guitar is safe which if you're a guitar nerd it's worth checking out um but you know, Jude Gold is he he's a, an editor of one of the guitar magazines. He's he definitely says there's been plenty of times where people get a gig not because they're the best guitar player, but they're the best hang. You know, no for one sure, wants to yeah. be on a tour bus for, for two weeks and not just because you're the best guitar player and can do everything. You know, if right. if you can't if you can't, you know, <clears throat> hang well with the band, then it's not gonna go well. I think it's the same way, like even for hiring someone, right? Absolutely. Like, you you can teach so many people so many things. Mm-hmm. And you can feel if someone's teachable or not. You can feel if someone's coachable or not. And they're going to be receptive to feedback and things like that. You can just feel that. I think most people. Yeah. But also, it's like I don't know, man. I would I would hire the most mediocre person if I knew that that person was a good human being because I think everything else levels out. Because you can teach that that good human being some stuff. But but yeah, but you can't, I don't know, until someone's in in a way that they they can be in that space that way in any space, then it's like, it's tough to be able to make progress with anyone. So, yep. Completely agreed. So, what did you, what do you see in other, um, either music or kind of success mindset, mindset podcasts that you were seeing kind of like some holes in that you were like, oh, I kind of see my market or my niche or, you know, something that I can fill here, you know, and how did, how did, did you really get the idea rolling for your own podcast? Um, seeing kind of the market. Yeah. Around? I mean, I, there, there are definitely some, uh, music business related podcasts out there. Um, and there's definitely some really good books and, you know, courses that people are putting out there, but, um, I still haven't really seen anyone that builds on the negative, um, overcoming the, uh, you know, depression and stuff like that. So I think that's my Mm. niche in just terms of, um, I just want to be able to help people because I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that creative people are more prone to it necessarily. But, you know, you, you get people like Chester Bennington and, um, mm. and Chris Cornell, and that was very public, um, yeah. you know, and, and it, it <laughs> does seem to be that, that music is a massive, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's very emotional. It, it's the, a universal language. You can connect mm, with yeah, people sure. without having to know what their language is. So, um, but it's it's a very big outlet for people, 
And I think mm. that that goes hand in hand with, you know, anxiety and depression because, um, not, not only that, but also it takes so much to There's get There's such on, a fusion. Yeah. It gets, but it takes so much to get on stage in, in the first place. You know, I, I kind of, I guess I had this kind of elitist attitude uh, at one point because I'm really into prog and I'm seeing all these really technical people and then I'm picking apart bands, you know, that are on stage in a local bar, which is kind of ridiculous. And, and then as soon as I get into a band um, that does more than just, you know, rehearse in a basement, like my first, my first uh, gig with my prior band in New Hampshire was opening for Tantric, which are a 90s mm -hmm. uh, grungy band, but in, you know, a dual nightclub in Manch. Um, it's a good club. Huge anxiety, and it was like, holy crap, this is really difficult, <laughs> you know. And mm. it, it, yeah. it just, um, like I said, I had an elitist view, and and it was completely ridiculous because you see just how hard it is to do, and then mm -hmm. you, as soon as you get over that, you know, and maybe that was just me just being um, practicing in my bedroom for too long, but. Um, you know, once you start going to see bands and, and then you like, oh, that guy had a problem with his cable and on his effects, but it was like, oh, crap, I feel really bad now. Oh, yeah. You know, you're really rooting for them to to, to not have those problems because they were the pain in the butt. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that's yeah, I think going off on a tangent, but my uh, the, that's the reason is, is because of the negative mindset um, and, and wanting people to get over that in order to do what they want. I think Definitely. it's a good point, Simon. Like, for me, like, I'm, I'm on the same page as you where, like, I don't know the numbers enough to say whether, like, artists have more depression in there or not. But just from, like, my day-to-day -day working with artists and as a creative, and we've talked about this a little bit before, like, in a creative aspect, I think what happens is, and I'm sure that this applies to small business or people that are just, like, unreal extreme ownership of what they do is sometimes we get so invested in what we do that we say that is that's who we are and we're unable to separate it. And I see that happen a ton with artists where you're like, mm -hmm. I am this song. Like mm -hmm. I'm literally the song because the lyrics are about my life. You know, I wrote it when I was emotional, feeling some type of emotion to mm -hmm. portray it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then all the way that that's perceived, <clears throat> that's like spilling out your organs to people like, like direct to them. I mean like that, there could be much, for many, judgment. many more things of like, you know, if someone says nay on it, like how, yeah. how easy is it to get back up from it? I understand it. And then like, also just like, I don't know, just even in the studio, man, like when people are trying to portray those things and they're, they're saying, how can I portray this art? There's huge swings in emotion from like the working side. Like when I'm running audio for bands, like I get like, I'm with, I'm right with the artists on their roller coaster. Mm -hmm. like. If they're trying to get a record out in a certain amount of time or they're trying to get a synth sound to sound a certain way or something like you feel it when they're not, you feel it with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it is like this for, for other people, but I feel like some other jobs or some things that you do, it's easy to say, you know, at the office, this is what I did and now I'm home. Oh yeah. But it can be difficult if like, like I have a home, like it's hard to see it from around here because you just see my rack right here. But I downsized my house into like a tiny little 
room that I'm, I'm rooming up with some friends with at this point to go after this stuff better, mm-hmm. right? With overhead lowered, mm-hmm. but it's like my room is a recording studio. Like I literally on the back half of this have a recording desk with all my sound equipment. So I wake up in the morning and I wake up in my equipment. So it's like, even with the projects, or something like that, it's like that product and that thing that you do are literally, I wake up and go to bed in that environment. So if things go bad in that environment, it's really difficult when you're at a party being introduced to someone to say, Hey, I'm Dave Swillam. I'm the, this is me where it's not me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, all that art isn't necessarily me as a human being. I'm a lot more than just that one thing, but it's really difficult to not rope all that in with exactly who you are because it's such a big portion of your life. Absolutely. I could totally see how that would kind of bring yeah, it up. Yeah, I town, mean, it's not know? like um, if you're designing a widget in an industrial plant, you know, it's not, not like, oh, well, you know, if someone said it doesn't work, you know, it's not really the same thing as, as your, mm-hmm. you know, Painting that basically portrays your entire emotional roller coaster from the last ten years, right? Right. We're <laughs> so, just like, oh, this judgment seems a lot more personal yeah, exactly. than just on a piece of piece of objective equipment. Yeah, it's not like <clears throat> a like a circuit is loose in that thing that you built, and you're just like, well, I I just loosened uh, the circuit mm-hmm. was too loose. I'll just go that's make why an, I didn't I'll just go work. make another one. Absolutely. So someone's like, your song's trash, and then you're like, Ouch. oh, well, that's me as a human being. Yep. So oh. thank you, and I'm gonna go cry. You know, 20, so. 20 year old me <laughs> is really hurting right now. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. So like, for you, Simon, mm-hmm. like I know that you talked about like learning to play guitar, mm-hmm. playing it obsessively before you actually perform with other people, and then getting in to perform with other people. Like a lot of that made a big difference for you. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about like what is it that music did for you in terms of that outlet or, or what do you find that it could do for other people in that way? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I did, I mean, I had, um, bands in high school making noise and, and again, Alan go, going back to episode 10, you'll hear a really bad demo of us at 14, 15 years old playing nonsense. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got into this whole, you know, feedback loop of I'm not good enough. So I'll practice more oh, I'm not good enough, so I'll practice more. And then, like, it, it got to the point where I'm like, um, when I started to hear things on podcasts and I was getting into that mindset of just say yes and just go for it and just do it. So I answered a couple of ads and I joined, uh, you know, a cover band and we just jammed in the basement for a while and it didn't really go anywhere, but it got me playing with musicians again. Um and then mm. I answered another ad for the the band was Angry Octopus, um, and you know they joined and uh, what well, they they accepted me in and we uh, it was a really good sounding band um, and you know like we just we just got onto a really good um, really good gig to begin with and then we won a battle of the bands um, and I started making all these connections and. And it was really good for me because I was making friends. I was seeing what the scene was like. I was seeing um, the fact that, oh, shit, I can actually play because people like that first gig. Um, I believe the sound man for that, that, um, that venue does uh, the sound for um, what's the big, uh, uh, big venue up in um, the open air venue up in northern New Hampshire. Uh, what's it called? Oh, 
Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook, yeah. So I, th- I believe he does the sound for that. And, you know, we, I met oh, him beforehand cool. and said, you know, these are the inputs and all, all this kind of stuff. And he was a little standoffish, which I get because he sees a bunch of crappy bands that give him an attitude, most likely. And mm. I, oh, but, I get that. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't blame him at all. And, and you know, he was, definitely, it was just like... I'm on, I've been on both yeah, sides. Yeah, he's like, yeah, mm. whatever, here, here we go. But the thing was, I was so, um, you know, nervous. I was trying to be pleasing everyone mm. and being on stage really quickly. But the thing was, as soon as we got off stage, he came over. His demeanor had completely changed. He was like, that was outstanding. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, the, 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 um, the singer's mother said, oh, I love you guys. You're great. You, you, you like that, but it's, it's, you take it with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. But when the sound guy changes yeah. his complete demeanor and he says, that was outstanding, I'm like, right. holy shit, maybe I'm, I'm, I am pretty good. So, um, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and that when you actually get that validation yeah, exactly. from somebody who has who we has totally the talk that. yeah we yeah, definitely so, have talked that where it's like that that's that validation that you crave that someone who kind of, like you're like oh that guy knows what he's talking exactly. about and he just said that that I was freaking awesome this is nice yeah so so we did that the the band ran its course and then I I like well what do I do now and uh, so I started the podcast but um, as far as what playing music does for me i mean the other the other part of uh, what i i um have kind of developed from the depression um whether this is something that's because of the depression or it's alongside and makes each other worse is i suffer from chronic chronic pain from uh f- what they say is fibromyalgia which is a catch-all it's like well we don't really know what it is so this is what we're going to call it um but you know that comes and it goes and it could be a manifestation of not being able to express my feelings you know i i I feel i have a very high iq but a very low emotional iq or eq Mm. um and you know a therapist did say at one point maybe that's a manifestation and it's you know it is what it is it happens you feel the pain but maybe that's why so it jury's out on that but um playing guitar actually for me um it actually stops pain temporarily. I mean, I, th- I think from a, um, a physical aspect, it means that my, my brain is concentrating on the, the motor skills and the, mo- you know, the motions and mm, so the, much the so. pain. Probably adrenaline too. A little right? bit of adrenaline, but the pain disappears because I can't, I, I don't think my brain can, like maybe my brain can't, on yeah, it. it's focusing on something else and it can't handle both right. signals. So I just... You know, so for for me, if you sit in like a quiet room, and you're just like hanging out and sitting down, like you're gonna feel that pain unreal because what else is there to do? Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. But you you if crank your amp to eleven and, and super focused, like yep, crank the amp to eleven and you're feeling those tubes and you know it's it's better than painkillers, can tell you that, right? So sure. yeah, I mean for that and and being on stage, I mean the adrenaline rushes and you know when when it's going well, it's 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 awesome. That nothing really beats Huge, that fe- feeling. I have I have bashed my head at the beginning of a set before to the point where I needed seven or eight stitches oh. in my head that huh? night, and I finished the set because like I didn't I dude, I was bleeding like a motherfucker, but like I didn't feel anything on my head because I was just like dude, I was all jacked up, I was like ready to adrenaline. go, you know. And then that happened, I, and I was in like a hardcore band at the time, so I was like I was like actually this is like even better for the facade. You look like yeah, a badass. Just, I was like, oh yeah, all right, let's go, you know. Dude, you just look but like then a... afterwards, I was like, oh, this actually hurts like yep. hell. So 
you know, I'm going like to take been, off and go, go get that fixed up. I've been you know? headbanging like this for three hours, <laughs> you know, but I mean, like, so I get a couple things for it. Like, I don't know, like, like I do, I do audio, not full time yet, but, mm-hmm. but maybe 15, 15 hours, 20 hours a week. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm very serious on that aspect. I love it, but it's kind of shifted back into like work in a way, like I'm serious on it. Sure. So I have an indie band, like an indie, indie punk band that that for me is all for fun. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. is just to be in the scene, be doing what got me into it in the first place, not lose that. And it does a couple of things for me, man. Like definitely like performing on stage, there's no other high that you can get than that for me. Like I've never experienced anything else in my life that has ever gotten me that same feeling. So I'm still addicted to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it does help me with like a comfort zone thing because I talk on here about challenging your comfort zone. I do like things on a daily basis. Like I take a cold shower in the morning or, you know, I'll talk to someone that I wouldn't normally talk to <clears throat> through social or something to try to challenge my comfort zone. But that's another, another thing that helps is, you know, back in the day when I was playing every weekend, I could play in front of 600 people and it, and I didn't have anxiety and I wasn't like, you know, pressured by it. I just jump up there and be like, do my thing. Right. right. I haven't played, I hadn't played it for years, like three or four years, really, you know? And now I'm finding when this band, like coming back onto stage again, mm-hmm. I can now play in a coffee shop. There can be 10 people that are like not even listening to me. They're on their computer or something. And I feel heat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it came back at me like that. So I've, I've noticed that just consistency yes. in doing it. I'm super outgoing. I can like, I, you know, when I was playing shows, I can go to a mall and walk up to someone and be like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, you know, what's going on today? And I can, <sighs> I could talk anything. I'm, I'm really getting back at it now, but that, that does, I notice help me a lot with being able to do that networking piece that you're talking mm-hmm. about. I'm a way better networker when I'm gigging because it just makes me completely out of my shell at all times. Even if I'm not playing for a month or two, just that experience redundancy in my life brings that out but on the other side of it for me it's made it so that i can keep a aspect of music as a hobby and not take it too seriously because when i'm writing these songs i'm not writing them to try to get on a spotify playlist i'm not writing them to play at the biggest club i'm writing them for myself mm-hmm. yep. i'm playing where i want to play at you know when i want to play at and that's a different experience than i ever had when i was gigging earlier in that time because i was really serious at that point and it's been really nice to have a hobby again, basically. Yeah. Do you, do you find that like, like having it either if you're having your music as a hobby or do you have any other hobbies that you use to be like, I'm serious about all these other things. So these are the things I'm just distinctly not serious about. So that, that way I can have that time. Like, yeah. I needed that. I needed to put that back in my life to just have the thing that I'm not serious about at all. You know, uh, like a decompressor. Yeah, I mean, it. it's difficult for me to say that because I, I just don't feel I ever have the time to get done what I want to get done. Um, and this goes back to focusing on that one thing. Um, I sure. mean, just just sitting and noodling on, on the guitar is kind of my hobby. It, in a way, it it just rela- relaxes me. I just pick it up and you know, even even if I'm working on a part, it's just running through scales and. And being, you know, it, it that that's kind of my decompressor. Um, I, I can flip sure. on the TV and watch some random, you know, movie or whatever. But, um, you know, I I mean, I'm I'm in a band, and like to to touch on your point about t- 
t- going out of your comfort zone. You know, I joined my friend's band down here as a bass player, um, and I decided. Nice. Me too, man. Yeah, I, I decided to um, <laughs> to to do vocals at the beginning because I'm like, well, I I have, you know, I had anxiety throughout my p- previous band, and it took me a lot to get on stage and not be so nervous I I couldn't play. Um, and then with this band, it was like, well, what's gonna make me uh, get in, out of my comfort zone even more is just sing. Um, we played one gig and I'm like, I, I listened back to it. I'm like, my vocals are just not strong enough. And it was more of a technical decision than anything else. But it's, you know, and, and the other thing too is concentrating on my playing really tightened the band up. So, you yep. know, my, my, I, I couldn't play fingerstyle on the bass without, you know, without, with singing, I had to play with a pick. I just couldn't do it. It's, you know, it's like too, too many digits going on in for my brain. Um, dude the only way i'm able to perform in my band broadwing it by doing vocals and bass right yep is being like moving enough when i do vocals that people don't look at me play bass (laughs) you know what i mean like like my bass parts are so watered down to be able to do the vocals i don't know how people there are people out there that like just absolutely kill it and Mm -hmm. do vocals I'm just not that guy. Like I, 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 strong. I, yeah. I can't do it. I, I really have to like, you know. So we, yeah, I mean, we decided to get a, a proper vocalist and and get someone in there that's really going to push the band up. Um, but yeah, I mean that that band is basically I'm applying everything that I'm talking about on the podcast in the business sense. So that band really isn't a hobby per se. I mean, I enjoy playing live, but it's definitely a serious project. Um. You know, if, if I, if, so, so my, my thing is right now is, is, I mean, our, our subject today was going to be having a hobby. Um, right now, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to make a living so I don't have to work a 40 hour work week. Um, so right now what I'm working on is different facets of stuff I've already done. Like I have, uh. I have some photography and some graphic design that I've put on, on like society six, which is a, a website that you can buy paintings and t-shirts and stuff like that. So I'm really going bit mm-hmm. by bit and trying to find all these different areas. I can make some, uh, you know, I'm diversifying my income so that I can say, Hey, Hey, I mm-hmm. don't really need that nine to five job anymore. So I can concentrate more on building my podcast, building my music and then having time for, you know, reading a book that doesn't involve, yes. you know, doesn't involve being, being bettering myself, just, you know, and there's something to be said for reading fiction that really helps you too, but, um, hmm. dude, I'm so about that. I'm, I'm so about what you're saying because I've been working on that myself like yep. a lot because I, I just noticed that like I kept, I kept not doing what I wanted to do because I was afraid of that like initial like drop off. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't have like the finance or the overhead or anything there to make it so that I could just do the drop off and then survive it really. Like even with like a three or six month ramp, <laughs> I had nothing even as like a fun to dip into for three or six months to ramp something up, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like went back Getting at started. it backwards instead of being like, okay, when am I going to make the jump? When am I going to do the jump? I was like, why don't I just make it so that there's no jump at all so that I just keep walking and then I'm just doing what I want to do because I am not afraid of anything. Sure. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm just not afraid of being able to get money for food or get money for that so 
I sold my house. Mm-hmm. I downsized like Supreme to a place where my, you know, my rent is like super, super cheap. You know, I'm, I'm pretty darn frugal, but I still like go out and do some things every once in a while. Yeah, and, you gotta, you gotta uh, treat yourself. I, I, you gotta I've be started, a human being still. I've started getting like a, um, or like an income property is like my first one that I ever got like a couple months ago. And I'm, I'm really on my way to being in a position, like you're saying, where I, I just want, I, I, I reapproached it differently. Like I reverse engineered it mm-hmm. and, and I've been all about reverse engineering. Like, what do you want to have? Hmm. And then like, how do you do that? Basically, exactly. instead of like the other <laughs> way that I feel like I always lived that way before. But I never thought that way before. I always thought like I want to do a thing. Like I always had that goal in mind. Mm. And I was like, all right, like let's do some stuff. Yeah, let's do things that do that instead of like how do I, do I make it so that yeah, exactly? Mm-hmm. And that helped me quite a bit, I think. Yeah, that. But I'm with you. I, on that, that's but. I've always been about figuring out how stuff works. You know, from a te- I get that from my dad. He's a he was a design engineer for a long time, and I get that. I get I get all my. Uh, um, my creative side from my mom's side and my engineering side from my dad's side, but um, I think uh, yeah, I mean you, you just you I I think to go back to having a hobby, you know, it's very healthy to relax and and switch off from what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve, because I don't think you can go mm-hmm. at it a hundred percent all the time. <clears throat> you're just going to burn yourself out. Um, exactly. but the other. The other point I wanted to touch on is, you know, if you do do something else that's completely unrelated to your main focus, you end, you're building a new skill and you're building new neural pathways. So you end up, you know, if, if you know, you're a, I don't know, if, if you're an accountant and then you like to, you know, do a sport or paint or do whatever, uh, you know, on the side because you're learning these new skills and these new, you know, you're building neural pathways in your brain, it's actually going to help your main focus because you can start to think outside the box. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, I, I've learned is there's a ton of, um, a ton to be said for like visualization and, and going to, mm. you know, like thinking about a problem before you go to bed so that when you fall asleep, your brain's working on it. And in the morning, you might just have like the spark of an idea to fix the problem. Um, but visualization yeah, going, that. going back to that, my, um, I did a ton of that to s- try and get myself over the anxiety to perform on stage. You know, I'd, I'd visualize where I was standing. I'd visualize my fingers on each song. Turns out then when we got to the, the first gig, the bass player was on the other side of the stage. So my visualization was all messed up, but you know, it, it got me through quite a lot. <laughs> right. You know, it, it definitely helped because um, I wasn't so nervous about, um, you know, the unknown because I knew what was going to happen. You know, we were going to run through these songs and this is how it was going to go. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so. I, I think that there's a lot to be said about visualizing it. Um, and I'm with you, man. Like, you just can't predict those things. Like, what if your guitarist doesn't bring his guitar? <laughs> then what do you do? Fire well, that's the thing is that you you have the you have the overarching happened. goal, and then like you said, you like everything kind of you deal with everything afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know this wasn't exactly a hundred percent according to the plan, but we'll we'll twist a few things around, and the basis is uh, is over here, and oh, this isn't exactly where I thought I was going right. to do, and I didn't have that red <clears throat> shirt on, but we'll make it work. 
What's like the worst last minute thing for like completely off topic? What's the worst last minute thing that's happened to you before you perform? Ooh, um, I've I'm actually or while re- really really prepared. Well, that that first gig, I mean, that's a, a funny story I've told many times. Um, that club said no audible tuning, so we were really clear that we couldn't tune our guitars through the PA. So I had a clip on tuner. And I went to reach for it because there was one song we tuned di- slightly differently. But unfortunately, I flicked it off the guitar and it disappeared somewhere down in the staging. And I, I completely froze. Oh, I could have just turned my power amp off and used my rack tuner. But my mind wasn't thinking. So I'm like, what the right. hell do mm. I do? So I ended up taking my guitar off, seeing the lights still on, reaching down into the staging, flat on the floor, picking it up, putting it on and tuning up. And, you know, the like singer's, you know, making fun of me the whole time. And I tuned up and, you know, and I got it going. But it was like, I, you know, it was one of those things that was like, it, it was it was just my mind froze completely. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, there, there hasn't been really any Spinal Tap moments other than that one for me, thankfully, that I can think of. I mean, our last gig... That lucky, one just shock you enough. Yeah, I mean, our last man. gig um, for the band I play lucky in man. right now, I mean, we... Uh, we're in between drummers right now, and so we we played to a backing track, and the the monitors just crapped out. Um, but for your drums, yeah. Oh, so that means the drums are the out? drums were gone. But you know what? We were having fun, oh, and it boy. wasn't very many. It wasn't a huge show. It was like a, um, it was like a restaurant, and and it all it was one of those gigs where the only people that are really seeing you are the the other bands and their you know significant others. Which is part for the oh, yeah. part for the course when you're building a band. So it wasn't a big deal when we had fun. So it's just one of those things. Um, I had I've had a couple. Oh yeah, like, I was about to say. I know uh, you most have of one. mine. I think I want to say most were most of the worst ones were actually during performance. But there was a real time Which is worse. where my guitarist didn't bring his guitar at all, and had and like we were on like twenty minutes. So you had like, one job. He's like he's like yeah I don't have my guitar and I'm like okay well, why don't you go around the venue and try to find any of the other guitarists that are here and you need to beg them that you can somehow use their like amazing Gibson SG that they saved like 10 years for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it depends on who, which could, you know, there's sometimes it's easy to get a guitar. Sometimes it's did not he easy. It? If, if he, he, he did get it, but he had to like, he, he had to sweet talk for a little bit. It wasn't a, it was not a sure, it was mm-hmm. not a surefire win on that and then here's here's another one is uh all right i kid you not (laughs) a little sigh before you know it's gonna be good the the situation was weird anyway i won a battle of the bands with my punk band okay that made it so that i could open up for my school's spring fling who the headlining artist was wiz khalifa so i had a punk band like punk punk yeah and we're opening up for wiz khalifa on this big stage and we're like we're just we're already in a weird mood we're already there and there's like a bunch of drunk bros and they 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 ended up being like cool they were like they're like oh yeah we like, like this shit we're like all right sick man you cool yeah whatever let's do it but uh during that i wear contacts yep. and um 
when they are out, like my glasses, like I look like bubbles from Trailer Park Boy. <laughs> like it's no joke. My my vision is bad. Like <laughs> if if the end of the world happens, like if you ever saw that Twilight Zone episode when yep, I know the exactly end of the world happens about. and then his glasses break and he can't read the books and all he wanted was to read the books. Yep. That's me. Like I I'm not going to survive if the if the world ends and there's no glasses being created anymore. I will not survive. <laughs> like, I will be outside. Someone's going to hunt me down quick. I can't do anything. Right, oh, I'm playing. I'll protect you, bud. And somehow my drumstick came up and hit my eye and shattered my contact oh. for my left eye, which is my worst eye. And I played the rest of the set in like half of the world. It felt like I was like lopsided. Half oh. the world was like this, and like there's lights, there's like fog machines going on. I had already ripped a couple <laughs> beers before I played anyway, <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, holy crap! And then. On the way out, like we somehow finished the show and somehow I just knew like I had the same drum setup for so long that I could still know where things were at just because when we're loading out, we're on an unreal ramp on the backside of it and it's pouring rain out and I, dude, like I spilled Mm -hmm. myself, my body spilled a lot. It was not not good, but shit just comes down, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff, stuff just happens. So. My long story of that was that I think visualizing something like hardcore like that is super helpful because at least you have a picture of what's going down. So when things don't go down right, like you're like, well, I know basically what's supposed to be happening right now because I saw it Mm -hmm. in my head. You know, did you visualize not breaking your contact the next time? It it could have been worse. You could have visualized that one. You could have been smoking something illicit and thinking you were turning into the fly because you got fragmented, fragmented vision (laughs) in one eye. My head can't handle it, man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm too spacey anyway. Like I can't handle any other outside circumstances <clears throat> to make me think any more than I do. I already think too much. You just wail mm-hmm. on the drums and yeah, go off. I'm like that Muppet. I, don't I know. like animal. <laughs> so <laughs> animal. That's right. So so kind of to twist it a little <laughs> bit because we're we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. I would love because you've moved so much, man. Like I'm a born and raised New England boy. Like mm-hmm. this is all that I know. I've tr- I've started traveling quite a bit more because I do really appreciate how how much openness oh, yeah. I get I, from when I, I hit I other places. I cannot recommend traveling. But you were enough. you were UK until twenty something, right? Um, no, 22? I I moved I moved at twenty. So UK till 20, which is definitely a good context to have, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of life that happens in that time frame. New England for what? 12 years, you said? No, 18. How long was New England? 18 years. 18. Yeah, and we, now you're in Houston. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. What are some of the differences in terms of like <clears throat> music culture or some of these principles Ooh. that you're talking about with artists on your show that you're seeing between the different spots? Um, Two yeah, different countries, some, two different, bunch of way that, different cultures. That's very, oh, way that, different. So that's really difficult because, you know, in my growing up, up till I'm 20, I didn't have these concepts. I, I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was until I was, thir- you know, in my 30s. So, um, and, I've, and as I touched on before, having that depression, you know, you, you, you're looking through the world at different, you know, a much different context. Um, I mean, I, I would say that New Hampshire has more of a sparse, um, music scene. I mean, Boston has a decent music scene and, you know, you got Worcester and, you know, everywhere in between. Um, I mean, it's a healthy music scene there. 
it's difficult because I'm not really that experienced down here just yet. I definitely think there's more music here. It's just not as... Ah, how am I putting these into words? Like, I haven't visited Austin really enough yet, and I know Austin has a really mm -hmm. strong music scene, um, which is probably yeah. oh, rivaling yeah. Boston. It's just different. I mean, I definitely think the uh, the Boston scene seems a little more... I don't want to say polished, but a little... Would you say, like, tighter? Not musically, I'd say in terms of people. Tighter, in terms yeah, of I'd, people being attached. Quite possibly, um, down here you walk in. It's, I think, more uh, le not not as much as like Nashville. Like you go into any bar in Nashville, and there's someone who's way better than anyone you've ever seen before. At down any time here, of day, like literally. Yeah, down here's kind of like that too. Um, you know, I've seen some absolutely incredible musicians down here, and if I. When I go to Austin, I'm sure I'm going to see the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little more... Less businessy down here. It's, it's definitely a lot, little more rootsy down here. Obviously, there's way more country music mm. down here because that's just the nature of the beast. Um, sure. But there's a huge punk scene down here. Um, there's a huge indie mm. scene down here. Um, it, it's just not as businessy. That's that's really what I'd take away from it right now. Um, Interesting. You know, I, I have a lot of okay. I have a lot of connections in 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 Boston, and you know they they uh, they're doing all their social media stuff really well, and um, you know I I still think there's the you you have to get over the noise of there's so many musicians now. You know that's the problem. There's, it's not. Nuts. It's mm. not that you can't it's make nuts. music. It's you have to rise above the 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 you know the, that noise level and get yourself noticed because it's even if you're the most amazing musician, it's it's about getting getting in front of people. Um, right. I know it's crazy. <sighs> it's just a different world than like. I, it's a different. Else. It's a different industry. It's just mm. like anyone can get up to bat right now. And that never was the way that it was before, which is incredible. Like yeah, it's incredible right. that I can do I so can pay much stuff is like not that much too. money sure. and we're able to put a podcast out yeah. and talk to anyone. Absolutely. Right? It's incredible that you can pay twenty dollars and make it so that your music's distributed across every country in the entire world that has the ability <clears> to get to data connection, has a phone or a computer. That's insane. Like being up at bat has never been like this before. No. Yep. But then because there's so many batters at this point. Yep. How, what am I doing to be different <coughs> now is is the name of the game. What am I doing to connect with sure people? Yep. Be niche. You know, mm. it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting game to get to play, and that's why like I I super connected to like when you were talking about starting that podcast where you're like you were talking to me on the phone. You were saying like how some of the people you're talking to they're like oh you know it's different when from when I sold CDs you know, now there's, there's Spotify and, and you can't mm -hmm. make any money off of it. And yet you talk to these artists that are doing the right stuff with playlist or they're doing the right stuff to differentiate themselves. Maybe they're just an amazing <laughs> artist and they're differentiated. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And they're making now a monthly income. Yeah. And that's so interesting that people bash on it because that's much more interesting to me when you're talking about how you're reverse engineering and creating how it is that you afford your cost of living. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
CDs and like doing those pushes for those launches and doing like higher, like, you know, margins and merch and things like that. That's so much like less predictable to me than when you find your groove and you're starting to get a monthly income. That's how you live to do it because then you just kill your overhead to be able to accommodate how you're living off of it. So maybe it's harder because there's more noise, but like, I think I really like, I'm just an optimistic person in this fact, but I really believe that we're living in the greatest time that's oh, ever no, existed before because of what is possible yeah oh yeah i mean Technology. i i will uh, i, I want to actually uh touch on a couple of different points there um one one is that um i think that hearing oh. your podcast really gave me a uh a bit of a a, a boost of wow you know there, there's um you know like i said i i never knew what an entrepreneur was until i was in my 30s and now they teach it in school. I never had that. And I think, yeah. you know, right. when, you, when you look at how we've evolved, you know, you've, you've got the Industrial Revolution. Well, and we, we were in the, what they call the Internet version 2 or 2.0 or whatever it is. But this is what it is, is the yeah. evolution of like, I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of worried how, well, if I'm, I'm getting to my, you know, I just turned 40 and I'm only just getting into my groove with entrepreneurship and all this stuff. But then you've got you, you guys who are, you know, over 10 years younger than me and you're, 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 you know, doing the same stuff. And, you know, we have such, such symbiotic ideas, I think. Um, it kind of mm. gives me this Absolutely, really good, dude. good feeling that, you know, people are getting into this stuff earlier and earlier. And, you know, I think yep. everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. kind of a romantic a thing but it's like too, dude i think yeah. i think you know it, it just it's it's really indicative of the evolution of knowledge you know and i i just mm. think with the podcast and whatever comes next it, it's it's just gonna make people it's almost like an injection of knowledge that you never had before and uh from a musician standpoint you know we we you, you hear it all the time that we you know my generation didn't have the internet or just started but we didn't, we had to listen to the CDs or we had tab books. Now you've got, you know, 12 year old girls and, and, you know, actually there was a mm-hmm. four year old drummer. I don't know if you saw this on at NAM this year, there was a four year old drummer that was absolutely insane. Not, not no, just I like four year old drummer insane. It was, he was an insane drummer and he was four years old, you know, and, oh, but, but you have everything on YouTube. What what is gonna what is that gonna be? I'm saying that not even is like a he or she or anything. What is that going to be when they're thirty? That's the thing. It's, it's gonna be what the hell does that become? Yeah, is that He's like, gonna grow seven more <laughs> arms and just play drums? Like yeah, I mean three different bands at once. What, what happens, dude? You're four I, years old. I don't and you know. Just crush it. Yeah, it, it, it's oh absolutely insane. But you, but I think that there's a good, um, you know, there's there's a good analogy. There is is well. That kid obviously has a lot of, um, there, there must be some family influence, a lot of musicians in the family, and it was just a natural thing. But with all this information out there, everyone's just going to get more knowledgeable about things if they want it. That's the biggest thing. You still see these mm-hmm. people that, are, that don't want to learn, which frustrates the hell out of me. You know, I, I yeah. am naturally curious. I want to learn how stuff works. I know if if it frustrates me when I don't don't understand how something works, I have to know. Then I understand. Like math class, I always remember 
I couldn't recite everything. I'm like, yeah, but why? Why, why does it matter? Why does that, you know, wh whatever the fraction was or whatever it was, it was always, I could only understand it once I understand the whole concept. I didn't want to memorize right. everything. It was like, it doesn't make sense. But if I know the concept, I'm good. I can work it out from there. So. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I think why is super powerful, man. Like I was just yes. listening to another podcast about real estate investors and there's this younger kid, he's 30 years old and he's doing really well. Like he's at a point of financial freedom already. Mm. And the way that he did that is because he asked why, Yeah. why can I not get the loan? Why can I not, you know, why can I not invest? Why can I not, you know, asking why to people challenges what is possible and what's not because i think we get so stuck sometimes of this is the way that you do it like mm -hmm. this is oh yes you go to school you do this or whatever it is that you're just supposed to do is like a yes or a no or do you want it in blue or black yep if you don't ask if there is a red then mm -hmm. it does it's not it doesn't exist yeah yep. but you know what i mean like just asking why creates other opportunities even if it's going to still be if a finite no at the end mm -hmm. yeah oh absolutely the answer i mean say ask good questions or good answers yeah ask better questions too i think that's either a tim ferris yeah. or, or a uh mm. tony robbins thing but ask better questions you know don't just mm -hmm. don't just ask why but why and then what's what's the engineering term the the pokey yoke you have to go five levels deep before you get an answer you know if it's mm. I, I i come from a bit of a, a manufacturing background as well um so you have all these 5s and and um, I don't want to get off point, but it, it, it definitely is, is good at the pokey oak thing was, well, why did it break? Oh, it broke because of this. Well, why didn't it get changed? Who's, whose responsibility was to change it? And you get down, you know, five mm -hmm. deep, you get down to the root of the problem. It's like, all right, so that person needs yeah. to do his job basically, or whatever it may be, but. Right on, man. Uh, well. Could be that time. It could be that time. It doesn't have to be that time, but it, it could be that time. And I'm surprised that like Simon definitely listened to enough of the episodes or he listened to it before we even like talked on the phone or something. And he hmm. said, you brought up like capping out. Yes, I did. Oh to man. Me. You proactively capped it out. I did. Before we I talked about it, it beforehand too. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited that this has really become its own thing. And I'm very excited that that's happening. We, you need a t-shirt now. I, I t we talked on the phone about that phrase before we even brought it up on here. Like what, what did we then talk about, dude? Um, I don't even remember what I said I have to you. No I think clue. it was just more of the discussion. I, I just brought it up because I thought it was funny that you'd already said it on the podcast. Like, did I make this up? I'm just, I'm just a big what? fan of yeah. coming up with your own catchphrase, I guess. <laughs> I think I just let you have it for a little I think bit. Episode, before the like hundred or something like that. And then like, like when did, when is it, how many times does something have to be said by like the public or something or what, what is it that makes it so that it has to be in the dictionary? Do you know uh, what I mean? I have no idea. Like all of a sudden you have the millennial it. terms like coming up in the dictionary right, right now. Like when, yeah. how many times do I need to say capping this out before it's just an actual thing that no one can call me on anymore? Dude, and that's just, just the to... wording. I'm like, listen, <clears throat> this is a clearly, I've, this is episode 100. It's clearly capping out. Okay. <laughs> like, We're just going to have to keep crushing keep episodes doing until you put in the dictionary. <laughs> just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll catch on. I All can't right. bail. Let's let's well, let's start a hashtag, everybody. Hashtag it tapping it out on everything. <laughs> Get it going. All right, I'm gonna put it on every post for the rest of Instagram. Social media engineering people. It's increase the web. Out. Capping it out. Watch, I like find that hashtag. It's got like three hundred thousand like uses or something like that. That'd be good for us. Like shit, I'm behind. 
I like that. So, Simon, like, in your... <clears throat> it's kind of complex because we're kind of talking to you as just a podcaster, not even about just your passion now. Yeah. So it could be a bunch of different angles you answer sure. this in. But what do you think in in your podcast and being a musician in life, like, what is the biggest mistake that you've ever made? Um... And and I know you've you've gotten on on people for saying there are no mistakes because mistakes are about learning. That's okay. Um, but with that said, um, not doing it soon enough has to be the one. Yeah, same. That's been a pretty that's, repeat that's one mine. too. We've heard it too. Yeah, it's like once you get into that like swing, you're like, wow, how really like how was I ever doing anything else yep, before? Exactly. Oh, right. For sure. What? Okay. So, flip side, best idea you've ever come up with, in in, in all of your processes. What's the Ooh, best thing you come up with? Um, that's a tough one. I, I honestly, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, <sighs> it's tough because it gets redefined yeah. over and over. Because after you've gone past it, you come up with better ideas. You're like, that wasn't the best anymore. Yeah. I, I can't right. answer that honestly. I, I don't. I really don't know. You have Let to me get just, back to us. We'll I'll have get to get a to follow you. up with you. <laughs> Absolutely, that's cool, man. That's cool. We'll post. Um, we'll probably post this video on Instagram hmm. or something. You can throw it in the comments. Sure. Definitely. Um. Okay. What is? It could be a bunch of recommendations from you because I know that you're a reader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? What's? What's a? What's a book or a couple books that you would recommend? Must reads. To, yeah. What? What would? What would be good? Good stuff to read. Um. Yeah. Lot. Lot of different things. If you're talking about musicianship, uh, or the music business, I I would highly recommend Ari Hurstens, um, How to Make It in the New. I think it's How to Make It in the New Music Business. Hands down, the best music business book out there. Um, Is that what you sent me through Messenger? Through the I Instagram may have chat? done. <clears throat> I think you sent it to me that that one. Yeah, absolutely, hands down, the best. Um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of anything else, if you're trying to get over a negative mindset, um, um, Blessing is uh, mindset master. Uh, Net, Little Voice Mastery is a, an excellent book teaches you to uh you know kind of a lot of ways of getting over your your negative you know self-doubt and stuff like that um but in terms of improving yourself i would say pick up any of tim ferris's books um he's, he's awesome he, mm -hmm. yeah i love his podcast and his books are ridiculous um any any one of them. I mean, they're they're all. You, you, if you're gonna pick up one, you're gonna get all of them. So, mm -hmm. you know, right. I I think the snowball effect. <laughs> I would like also to recommend or not recommend a movie, um, which was cool. probably the reason why I consider myself at this point almost unemployable, <laughs> and that's um, Office Space. I don't know oh, what it was oh when I God. you know one. It wasn't the first time I'd watched it, but I was in a mindset of kind of really being um you know unhappy with how you know where i was in a job and everything before before i yeah. moved and you know i saw that in this particular mindset i'm like yeah i should be more like peter <laughs> just right. you know knock down my I partition wall and just not bother to go in but mm -hmm. now 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, no, don't really want to do that. No. I need you to come in on a Saturday. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. what, what a great movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. So I know that this is going to be kind of like a joint podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Um, where do my listeners find your podcast? Where do they <clears throat> keep up with you on social or websites or where are they going to find awesome. you at? Thank you. Um, so facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. Uh, also f- uh, music on your own terms.com. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean. Um, you know, any, any podcasting software will have it music on your own terms. Um, on Instagram, I'm at metal doggy. That's M E T A L D O G G I E. Um, I don't really use Twitter much. I don't particularly like it. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's where you'll find me. me. Too, yeah. I, I think it's, I'm trying, I've, I've tried multiple space. times real hard. On I there, think it's, and I just, yeah, just don't get what I want. From I, I it, think man. it's going to go away. Honestly, it's going to be one of those social media platforms that just kind of disappears. It's going to be the my the MySpace MySpace of the next generation. Maybe Um, Tom's running it in the background. Could be Tom's actually like left MySpace and formed Twitter. Could be, and he he just has a picture like, you know, I'm going to run this company into the ground. There you go. All right, so yeah, I mean, Uh, Tom Tom made out like a fool on that. I'm sure he's like falling out but, but for the benefit um, of my listeners right on man yeah but for benefit of my <laughs> so, listeners where can where can we find you right on man yeah so if you you can find our show notes and information on us at wakingupfromwork.com you can also find waking up from work on itunes spotify google you know all the likes that you're gonna listen Pod to on that too, yeah. We have a YouTube channel. We're starting to put things out. Um, we're not cool enough for subscriber count to have our own URL. So you just w- look up Waking Up From Work Podcast and you can see all three of our beards on this episode. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, and then uh, Instagram where we like to go live is at Dave Wake Up and you can see us go live and you can follow me on Twitter and have me not engage with you as much. <laughs> Uh, like Simon said, so uh, and by not as much, I mean like at all. Uh, like really, yeah. I'll all. try real hard, but it's hard for me. So, excellent, awesome, awesome man. Simon, thanks so much. This has been a yeah, blast. Thank you for being on with me. Thank no, you thank, for. Thank you. Oh, I can't wait out. to check out that episode. I had so many stories from episode ten. Yeah, for what was it? From his episode ten, he's talking about the demos and he's kind of like a couple oh, stories. Yeah, he, so I have to go check it out. You guys knew. So. I think that's one of my favorite. So, yeah, an episode bit, from you, and and you know, I'd I'd say t- check out some of the older episodes. There's some great bands that I connected with in Boston, and I'm starting to get into bands in the scene down here. Um, you know, I'm I'm more rock and metal and prog based, but there there's some excellent musicians out there. So I've been lucky to uh, talk to them. But yeah, I definitely want to. Um, some of your episodes are really great too. You know, I know it's not mu- musician so based, but I've I've gotten a lot out of the ones I've heard, so it's been really good. Thank you, man. Thank you so much We're for the support. A lot of fun. Definitely are. As are. Don't forget to give Dave and Ryan some love on social media as well. And to close out the show, here is Dave's band Broadwing, and then you sung Momentum off of their upcoming EP Nomad. Hope you enjoy it. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other.
been walking through these cities' mountains They're much larger than the peaks back home I move past the footsteps Yeah, I make way through solid ground
To be 